Hello, my sisters. This is another episode of the When Marriage Hurts podcast. My name is Ola Davis and I am your host. Um, so this is episode number 22 and we will be talking about the topic is emotional abuse worse than physical abuse is emotional abuse worse than physical abuse um so we're gonna uh, kind of take a quick look at both forms of abuse and um talk about how emotional abuse affects our physical bodies and how the dynamics um, kind of differ from that of physical abuse and so essentially we're talking about the arm that emotional abuse does um, so this is going to be an eye-opening episode I promise um, so get a get a glass of drink or a cup of tea whatever suits you and um, have a good time listening I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back. So is emotional abuse worse than physical abuse? Okay, so first of all, I need to give a disclaimer here. The goal of this episode is not to figure out which kind of abuse is worse. Any form of abuse is terrible, okay? I need to establish that. Any form of abuse is terrible. So we're not trying to... This isn't a competition between emotional abuse and physical abuse, Um, no one is going to say, oh, you're lucky. You're only experiencing, you know, X kind of abuse and not the Y kind of abuse. No, abuse is abuse is abuse. It's all forms of abuse are harmful, are evil. There is no form of abuse that God, um, endorses. Okay. All right. So it's not to really talk about which one is better it's really about examining emotional abuse how it differs from physical abuse and why uh it could why some people are of the opinion that it's actually more harmful and that's because of its eating nature 
So let's just, let's get right into it. Physical abuse involves direct physical harm to the body. So either someone is hitting you or they're, they're, um, doing something that physically harms you. Like there, there are, you know, a hundred ways <laughs> that human beings do that to one another. So I can't really list all of that, but it's the thing about physical abuse is that it's obvious. It's inflicted directly on the body and it leaves visible scars. Okay. It leaves visible scars. So when a person is being abused physically, it doesn't really leave anything to the imagination. Even if the victim chooses not to confide in anybody. Okay. As long as they carry scars in parts of their body, that's not covered with clothes, right? So maybe it's their face, their arm, their legs, their, any part of their body that's not covered when they're dressed up. It, it, it kind of exposes their scars. People are going to know something went wrong. There was some kind of trauma to their body. Now the victim might choose to lie about it. They might say things like, oh, I, you know, I, the power went out in my house and I walked into a wall or I fell down the stairs or, you know, all, all manner of lies that victims tell to try to protect their abuser and maybe cover their own shame. But the, the fact still remains that everyone can see that something happened to that person. They might not know the person has been abused, but they know something definitely happened, right? And usually, um, not all the time, but sometimes it could be so bad that the person has to go to a clinic or go see a doctor or go to an emergency room where the doctor is going to ask what happened, you know, and they'll probably say, oh, I got I was cooking in the kitchen and I just got burnt with a pot rather than say my spouse did this to me. Um, yeah, so it's physical abuse is really hard, if not impossible to hide. So the victim might hide the reason behind, um, what kind, uh, whatever kind of injury that was inflicted on their body but they can't hide the injury itself, right? They can't do that. So physical abuse is pretty, the, the, okay, I should say the scars from physical abuse is pretty obvious. Now, emotional abuse, on the other hand, also leaves scars, right? But its scars are hidden, Emotional abuse leaves hidden scars. Emotional abuse is so insidious that it takes the victim is often not even aware that they are being abused, you know? So if the victim isn't knowledgeable that emotional abuse is a thing, they don't even know they're being abused. Now with physical abuse, it's, it's 
pretty much impossible for someone to be beaten up and slapped around and they not know that they're being abused, right? Because it's pretty obvious. But with emotional abuse, especially if the victim comes from a family where abuse thrived, you know, if they come from a, a, a family of maybe abusive siblings or parents, it feels like they're normal. So even though it doesn't feel good, it still feels like they're like to them, that's just like normal. That's just what life is like. So they don't even know they're abused. They don't even recognize that there's a wound being inflicted on their soul. They don't recognize that they are being scarred mentally and emotionally. So, you know, when when you have a wound inflicted on your physical body, even if you don't seek help, people are going to be like, oh, that looks pretty bad. You might want to go to a clinic. You might want to see a doctor about that. But if... um you know, or, or say a person shows up to work and their face is looking black and blue. You might, your employer might even be like, oh, you don't look like you can work today. You look like you need medical attention. But with emotional abuse, because it's eating, because the scars are hidden, you know, when you put on your makeup and you're looking all cute and your hair is looking great and you're wearing a smile, no one knows that there's there's wounds being inflicted on your soul. No one is able to tell you, oh, you need to seek help, professional help. You need to seek some kind of attention for this. Because they just don't know what's going on. And the victim tends to hide, hide, hide that because they are that you know there's a feeling of shame that comes with that. And because we tend to blame ourselves for the abuse as well right now if you ask me and this is my this is my personal opinion and i know there are people that are of the same opinion as well so it's not an unpopular opinion my opinion is that emotional abuse in itself is physical and i'm going to explain what i mean by that emotional abuse is physical and that's because when we're being abused emotionally, it puts our bodies under a tremendous amount of stress. So it's not just mental stress. It's not just psychological stress. It is stress that also trans that's also transmitted into our bodies. Because you have all these emotions that you aren't really able to express. You have a spouse that you're not able to communicate with or get through to. You are being gaslighted. You are being, um, you are being blamed and shamed for everything that goes wrong in your marriage. You are being treated. You are being maltreated, essentially. And that stress gets transmitted into our bodies. 
we become traumatized. And when we're traumatized psychologically, that trauma gets trapped in our bodies. Now, I wish this was something I knew years ago, okay? So I'm just going to give you a story of how this played out in my marriage. Story time. (laughs) Um, You know, because of the nature of emotional abuse, it's really hard. It's hard for most people to say, oh, this is exactly when this started. Because it's so, it's so subtle, right? Now, people can think back when you're, when you realize you're being abused, you can think back and say, oh, I started seeing, you know, the strange behaviors around this period of time or whatnot. So anyways, um, when I think back, I, I, I mean, I could think of what I now recognize as red flags in the early years of our marriage. But at that point, I didn't think they were red flags. I just thought I was overly sensitive. Yeah. Um, but after the birth of my first daughter, so that would be like five years into the marriage, I started seeing real red flags um, with my husband's behavior. But, you know, being a forgiving person, I would... He would ask for forgiveness. I would forgive him. Um, and I gave him excuses. I thought he was just under a lot of stress at work. And that was why he was lashing out at me. And of course, I didn't give myself excuses. I didn't have that much sympathy for myself, which is something that you, my listeners, could probably relate to. Um, anyways. Shortly after the birth of my first daughter, I started noticing that I was getting a very stiff back. Like my back would get really, really stiff such that I, I, I wasn't able to bend or even lie on a bed normally, right? Like I would have to lie on a bed like a log of wood. I couldn't, my body couldn't bend even in the smallest angle, okay? Because it would just get, my back would get so painful and pain medications weren't really helping out. And then over time, I started having muscle spasms, painful muscle spasms in my back that would like almost make it impossible for me to even do chores not to talk of, you know, carry my child. Um, And then I developed high blood pressure, okay? Now, I was having all these health problems that I didn't even know had anything to do with the abuse that I was experiencing in my marriage, okay? Because, you know, when you go to a doctor and you're like, oh, my back gets really stiff and gets painful, what are they going to do? They're going to do x-rays, do some tests, ask you some questions. Your doctor isn't going to think, oh, are you being abused in your home? No, that's not what a doctor is trained to do. That's not what they're, they're trained to like figure out, right? They're just, they're going to look for all the physical reasons why 
you could be having that problem. So I did tests, I did x-rays, they would give me just small pain medication and say, oh yeah, you're, you, you're having the muscle spasms. They might give me muscle relaxants for a short period of time, but nothing really fixed the problem. So now in my first, uh, when I was pregnant with my first baby, I developed uh, high blood pressure, but then we thought that was just related to, it was uh, associated with the pregnancy, right? And then after I had the baby, my blood pressure kind of normalized. And then when I was pregnant with the second baby, I developed this high blood pressure again. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just going to be like the first time, right? And once I have this baby, my blood pressure is going to be normal. Well, I was wrong. After I had the second baby, like right after she came out, my blood pressure went crazy, <laughs> which was very shocking to me because normally you think maybe one could have um, elevated blood pressure in pregnancy or during labor, which I did have. But after the baby came out, after the baby was born, my blood pressure now went crazy. It was so bad that I had to be put on like a particular high-V drug um, that uh, meant that I wasn't allowed to eat for 24 hours after having a baby. Imagine that. <laughs> um, and then when I was discharged from the hospital, I was put on blood pressure medication um, a few weeks after that, they had to bump up the dose. Anyways, to cut the long story short, I was on the maximum dose for that particular medication, like absolutely crazy. And even at that, there was still like four weeks after my baby was born, I ended up in the emergency room with Elevated blood pressure. Now, mind you, I was taking my medications. It wasn't like I was skipping my medications. But my my blood pressure was just going crazy, was not responding to that medication. I had to be rushed to the emergency room because not only was I having this crazy headache, but I it felt like I was going blind. That was how bad my, high blood, pre my blood pressure was. I... I, my eyes were opened, but I could see nothing. Like I could see absolutely nothing. So that was why I was rushed to the emergency room. And after a few hours, you know, doctors thought maybe I might have a brain tumor. Then I did, um, what's it called now? Is it an MRI or CAT scan? I have no, I, I can't remember exactly what, which, what it's called, but I, I had tests done. They ruled out a brain tumor. They put me on very strong pain medication to get rid of the headache. And then to get the blood pressure down, that took like a couple of hours. I mean, when you're in that kind of position and you can even see some sort of confusion on the face of the emergency room doctor, you know, it gives you an idea that what I'm going through is just completely crazy, right? 
Um, so yeah, so I've mentioned, you know, having painful back, muzzle spasms, high blood pressure, and then I started having chronic fatigue. But you know, when that started happening, I just thought, well, it's just, I mean, it's stressful having a baby and a toddler. So maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I'm just not getting enough sleep, right? But when my second daughter was three, four years old, and I'm thinking, well, she's not exactly a baby anymore. Like, I'm not doing as much as I used to. But I just feel tired all the time. And when I say chronic fatigue, I'm talking about maybe I've, I managed to sleep eight hours in the night. And I still find myself really tired during the day. Something as simple as maybe just having a meal and then, you know, taking the dishes to the kitchen. And I need to go sit down on the couch because I'm already tired just walking from the living room to the kitchen okay and I would go see a doctor for that and they'll say oh yeah your your you know they would do blood tests and say that my iron levels were low and put me on iron tablets um iron supplements so Doctors were always treating this physical symptoms, okay? Um, and the whole thing just made me sad because I, I started wondering, I'm still so young. I'm just in my early 30s, mid-30s. And why am I having all these health problems? You know, but they, they would say things like, you know what, your, your race uh, makes you predisposed to having low iron, your family history is the reason why you're having high blood pressure at this age. There was always some kind of explanation that kind of explains the way why I was having these issues. I would have my blood pressure medication switched back and forth because when I would get started on one, it would work well and then it would stop working and then they would switch me to something else. I'm telling you, it took years for me to be able to connect the dots and see that this variety of health problems that I was having has to do with the fact that I was under a tremendous amount of stress. It had to do with the fact that I was being psychologically and emotionally abused in my marriage. It took years for me to connect those dots and figure it out. I'm someone who believes in supernatural healing. And I've experienced that in my life. So when I had this, all these health problems and I would pray for healing and then I would get healed... And there, there was actually a period of time that I was off blood, pre blood pressure medication for months and my blood pressure was just fine. And then all of a sudden it just skyrocketed and I just, I couldn't, I was just confused, you know, <laughs> I was confused that I thought I was healed already. 
So when I started connecting the dots and saw that being abused is the reason why I was having all these health problems, it was like the light bulb just came on in my mind, right? And of course, if you've um, listened to this, if you're not new to the podcast, I've talked about the story of um, when I became depressed and suicidal. So that was when I started thinking, you know, I think all this health problems I'm having is really tied to the fact that I'm being abused. And that's, that's the, that's the thing about emotional abuse is that when it starts manifesting in our bodies, it's hard to figure out. It's hard for you to figure it out. It's hard for your doctors to figure it out because they are trained to find the physical reasons for your physical health problems, right? So it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint the way emotional abuse affects our bodies is hidden but very harmful. Now, physical abuse affects the body, but like I like I said earlier, it's pretty obvious. Emotional abuse not only scars our soul, but it it essentially causes our bodies to disintegrate. For some people, now I've shared my experience with you, but for some people, their blood pressure might be fine, but maybe their immune system just just goes out of whack, right? Maybe they just become prone to infections and they can't really figure out why. They can't really figure out why. For some other people, they come up, they, they, they develop autoimmune disorders. Now, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? You can do your research and see that what I'm telling you is, is backed up by medical research. Doctors agree that stress does have a way of weighing our bodies down. So when a person is stressed emotionally, they just don't, it just doesn't affect their mood. It affects their bodies. So that's why I argue that emotional abuse is indeed physical abuse. So they are like physical abuse, emotional abuse. They are really like, like twins, right? So (laughs) I think of them like twins that are maybe identical twins but one is outgoing and the other one is like an introvert, right? So physical abuse is like the, out, uh, the, the extroverted twin while emotional abuse is the introverted twin. Okay, I think that's an excellent analogy and that's just something that I just came up with <laughs> the spur of the moment. Um, yeah, brilliant. So, and... The Bible agrees with this too. Proverbs 18.14 says, The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Who can bear a crushed spirit? So this is essentially saying that 
if a person is sick in their body, but if they still have a strong spirit, they can endure that sickness. I mean, we've all seen stories of people that have terminal illnesses like cancer and they're still able to have a good attitude and they're still um, they're still strong in spirit, right? And that strength that they have on the inside kind of helps them to deal with that sickness, right? And even inspires those of us that have healthy bodies. But when a person is crushed in their spirit, which is what happens with emotional abuse, the Bible says, who can bear a crushed spirit? Who can bear that? It just makes you feel like your strength is being zapped out of you. It feels like your oxygen supply is like the oxygen just left the room. Imagine you're in a room and oxygen just takes a hike. Like who can bear that? Our bodies were not made to deal with that kind of stress or that kind of trauma. Our bodies do not thrive in that. So people tend to think that emotional abuse is all mental and it affects our mental health, which it definitely does because people get depressed and start having suicidal thoughts. But I want us to know that it goes beyond our mental health. Even the physical body is affected in ways that are sometimes not only damaging, but last have lasting effects. Now, another interesting fact that I found out about just recently um, when I was um, talking to my therapist, actually, is she mentioned to me that there's been some research that shows that trauma affects our genes, that trauma actually affects our genetics. And I was like, what? And I started looking into this. Now I'm not a, I'm not exactly a scientist. So which might actually work to your advantage because I'm not going to come up with some mumbo jumbo, (laughs) right? But explained simply, what I found out is that there's been some research that shows that trauma is essentially like our DNA remembers trauma. Not so much that um, trauma changes our DNA, but it changes how our body responds or reads the DNA sequence, if that makes any sense to you. So that I just found that so interesting because if there is a way that trauma affects our genes, it means that something can actually be passed down to our offsprings. If our environment and the things we go through has a way of affecting our genes or how our body reads the DNA sequence, then you could have something intergenerational going on. There's actually something they call intergenerational trauma. And when I found this out, I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) 
like this isn't just some spiritual stuff this is actually being also confirmed in the physical i thought that was so fascinating because when i think about the story of my life i think about my mom and the fact that she was in this abusive marriage and she developed this health problems as well i mean my, my mom also had high blood pressure and she eventually had a stroke had two strokes actually and you know people just think of these things like oh yeah if you have a family history but we're recognizing now that it's not just about family history it's not just about like when we say family history it's not just about oh this thing was passed to you from your parents through their blood or whatever or their genes but we're also seeing that this it's just it's also about the fact that at the environment plays a part so it's not just that one has parents that had this health problems but that the their environment may be a factor in them having those health problems that then gets inherited by their children okay i hope i haven't just confused <laughs> confused you but it was something interesting that i recently found out about and i thought i should mention on the show as well now light bulbs might be going on for some of you right now you might be thinking well could this be the reason why i have you know such and such health problems I can tell you I've heard from abused wives that have autoimmune disorders and just all kind of weird things going on with their physical health. And it's when they realize they've been abused and in they, they kind of look back and connect the dots just like I did. That's when they realize that these physical problems were brought about by the abuse they were experiencing emotional abuse now since i got separated from my husband my health condition has improved drastically like drastic improvements in my health and i'm not just talking about my mood now i'm talking about the blood pressure i'm talking about the chronic fatigue and Nothing significant has changed. It's not like, oh, I'm getting this wonderful treatment and that's why I, I'm, I don't have the chronic fatigue anymore. No, I'm still on the same iron supplements I've been on for months that seemed like it wasn't working. So just being separated from my abuser, it has improved my health. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, okay? In the early days of separation, yes. Did I was I depressed? Yes. Because I was grieving the loss of, you know, what could have been. <laughs> I was grieving the loss of the life that I had dreamed of. But several months down the line, my health has improved. And I'm like, wow, this is remarkable. You know, everything still stayed the same, still on the same medications, but I have more energy. It's like being, not being out of, um, not having this chronic fatigue 
having energy that carries me through the day now feels really weird. And that's when I realized that I've been tired for years, essentially. You know, I say all of this to say that not only does emotional abuse affect our bodies, but it can also cut short our lives. It can it can drastically reduce our quality of life and it can cut some people's lives short. Like my mom died at 63 after having two strokes and after years of health struggles. I don't know how long she would have lived if she wasn't in an abusive marriage, but I would like to think that she might have not only lived longer, she might have had a better quality of life as well. Okay, I think that is a good place to end today's episode. Um, If you still haven't joined our Facebook group, um, please do. I encourage you to. Uh, If you want to send me a direct message on there, you're free to do that as well. I always love hearing from my listeners. I always love to hear how the podcast has helped you in any ways. And I also encourage you to please, please, please leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Now, you don't have to use your real name if you don't want to. You could use a nickname, um, but just leave a review about what you think of the podcast, um, any feedback that you have, if it's helped you in any way. And what that does is, it's not just for bragging rights, okay? (laughs) When you leave a written review, it means Apple and um, this other podcast platforms suggest the podcast to people new listeners right so it's going to give some exposure to the podcast where people that need this kind of information the most are able to find the podcasts so when you leave a review you are actually helping another woman out there who doesn't know she's been abused yet and this you know what you leave in that review might be what makes this podcast visible to that person so um, please leave us a written review uh, you can also hang out with us on instagram at when marriage hurts facebook group is also at when marriage hurts and i will see you next week until then know that jesus loves you and god has a bigger plan for you he has a future for you beyond what you're going through right now Be encouraged and have a good week. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.